Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you. It's time for Burke's Best Bets, Hail Varsity Radio. Danny Burke from Vison Sports Network at Danny Burke Five on Twitter. It's where you follow him. Uh, weekend coverage, of course, all the college football and NFL action. Pride of Chicago, how's the week? How are you? Uh, we're doing all right, Schmitty. You know, uh, just getting through this colder weather period. You know, college football slowing down. But at least I finally got to brag to my sister and all my Iowa friends that the Big Red came over on top. So uh, it's been several years in the making. So uh, that was a... That was a fun win to watch and uh, a nice cover for Nebraska catching double digits against a team that, you know, was always struggling to score double digits. It didn't make much sense, but I'm looking forward to the championship game this weekend. Danny, did you personally have the Huskers covering the points? Do you have the money line? Did you have anything? you stay away? Tell me a little bit. No, yeah. I I took Nebraska plus 11. That was the quickest and probably heaviest college bet of this season for myself. I know I was saying that about Wisconsin, but this Nebraska one was the next one in line. Because, again, it was just not even being objective. I mean, you've seen how these teams have played year and year and year in the past, except for a couple, and you knew that they were going to be fighting uh, for their last game of the season. And if Casey Thompson is their quarterback or when he was their quarterback, he gave them a fighting chance, whereas Petrus gives Iowa no chance. The defense that gave them a chance, and Nebraska's defense was actually improving. So you figured if they did lose, it was still going to be within a one-score game, and then they'd go and win it outright. So I'm not shocked they covered at all. And, yeah, that was probably my favorite uh, single game college bet of the year. So I was all over plus 11. Well, are you uh, jumping on minus 17 for the Big Ten championship game? Purdue, it was the uh, who's going to back in from the West versus Michigan, who, well, let's just say they were able to, uh, to do whatever they wanted body blow-wise to Ohio State as they ran all over uh, Ohio State in that fourth quarter. That game says a lot about Michigan, don't get me wrong, but I think it screams more about Ohio State because Michigan was clearly just the better coach team and can make adjustments and very disciplined. Now, when you're looking at this game against Purdue, of course we don't actually expect the Boilermakers to win it, right? But the good thing about Purdue is at least they can give you fireworks here and there, not only since Brom has been head coach, but with Aiden O'Connell as your quarterback, you still can generate some offense. And I was talking to some colleagues about this game, and I thought they had some pretty good points that, look, Purdue's obviously house money in this game, right? They really have nothing to lose. Obviously, they have the game to lose, but aside from that, nothing truly do they have to lose. So they can go out there and empty the playbook and really just 
let it all hang loose and try some kind of trickery, not play with any pressure and see what they can do against Michigan. And, hey, maybe it only works in the first half, but if you're giving me that substantial amount of points, I still think I'd rather take it with the Boilermakers than I would laying it with Michigan. I get that they understand the pressure, and we kind of had this talk last year, like, ooh, Iowa, you know, they may keep it close. Well, Connell's a way better quarterback than Petrus. That has been established time and time again. And Michigan has had their issues. You look at that Illinois game, a game they probably easily could have or should have lost. I still look back to that Maryland game and, and just still not fully in on this Michigan team. Do they deserve to be where they are? Absolutely, 100%. I would not be putting my money on them, though, over Georgia or over USC really right now. I mean, well, USC, their defense is kind of an issue, but the point is I think Michigan could falter in a huge favorite role like this with a team like Purdue who, again, can just let it all hang loose. So I would be gravitating more toward taking the points with the Boilermakers if I'm getting 17 or better. Danny, to the NFL, Kansas City is at Cincinnati. Bengals minus two hit the Niners and Finns minus four San Fran and then you have uh, the Jets and Vikings minus three. Well, starting with that Cincy and KC game, you remember they played twice last year, and in both efforts, the Bengals came back from double-digit deficits at halftime. So you got to think KC will be ready for this one. I have no doubt in my mind about that. But when you look at these numbers, and for the fact that Cincy's getting Jamar Chase back, I think this makes the Bengals as a live dog, without a doubt. I mean, you've seen the market move their way from three to two in the hook, and it's not like me saying that a live dog is anything outlandish. They're only a two-and-a-half-point underdog. But both of these teams offensively in the first half are great. They're both top five. Second half, Casey's leading the league. But this is where the difference comes down to. It's Cincinnati's second-half defense. They're allowing opponents less than eight second-half points per game. And that's been a constant theme throughout this season. So I think their defense is really going to give them the big advantage at the end of the day to where it may give them an advantage to win it outright. But just for that security net, guys, what I did is tease up Cincinnati, and I paired them with the Baltimore Ravens going against Elijah's Broncos. So I teased down the Ravens to minus 2.5 and, and teased up in the Bengals to plus 8.5. So hoping that if the Bengals do lose, it's going to be by a touchdown or fewer, which they should be more than capable of doing with the offense they have. Jamar Chase back in the mix at home against his KC defense. So that's how I'm approaching that game. Uh, for Miami and San Francisco, this one's going to be fun. It's going to be like chess, right? you got two of the younger, smarter, analytically-driven coaches in Shanahan and McDaniel. I think the 49ers are the right side. I think they do win this game, but I'm not infatuated with laying four. Again, in-game angle, if I can get under three or better, better money line price on the 49ers, I think that's the way to go because as great as Miami's offense is, don't forget the 49ers have one of the top offenses in the league as well. And the difference here, where the discrepancy is, goes on the defensive side of the ball. You have a top-tier defense in San Francisco, both in the red zone and overall in yards per play. They're allowing the fewest. Miami's defense, well, man, that's Swiss cheese all over the place. I mean, they let the Texans come back in the game. The Bears could have easily beat them. There are several instances where Miami's had close calls to where they really shouldn't have. But that's what's going to be their Achilles heel in the playoffs, and I think that's what's going to be their Achilles heel in this game. It's their inept defense that is just really their weak part of the game. Um, It's really fascinating, too, to just kind of see what you're going to expect out of the coaching in this game. Like Shanahan in this role, you can't let this young guy come into your home and and kind of take over your spot. I think that's going to be a big deal for all of these guys. So I do like the 49ers. Uh, Again, I just don't like laying over the key number of three in this game. So I'll wait to see if Miami maybe gets a quick touchdown and then jump in. 
on the 49ers. As for that Vikings game that you mentioned, Schmitty, I want to get in on Minnesota. I do, but I don't know. All the analytics and the numbers are kind of telling you that the Jets should be the better team in this game. And just by the eye test, Minnesota does play a lot of these games closely, but usually they find an edge in those close games at home. If this were on the road, I absolutely would not want to be playing Minnesota. But I kind of think they're attractive. And, again, I'm beating a dead horse, but I don't want to lay at the flat three or lay a high money line price. 100% guaranteed you're going to get a spot where Minnesota will give you probably better value on them, whether it's letting the Jets back in or getting down early. I'm just not sold on Mike White yet. Like, I could have forced that Bears defense. Brisker wasn't in the game. Gordon wasn't in the game. Eddie Jackson left the game with an injury. Any quarterback in the NFL can make their mark against the Bears. If they would have kept in Zach Wilson, he would have had a similar performance. That's how bad the Bears' defense is. So I'm not ready to jump completely on the Mike White train just yet. The Vikings' defense isn't that good, so he'll still look all right. But I trust the Vikings more at home in this game. I put more stock in Cousins in that offense than I do with the Jets. And it's going to be an ugly game, and it probably lands right on three. The Vikings, I think, win in like a game-winning field goal type of fashion. Danny, last thought, 30 seconds, Thursday night football, Bills and Patriots. The Bills are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Do you have a lean? Yeah, the only thing I got in this game is a rushing prop. I got Josh Allen over 41-and-a-half rushing yards. His arm has clearly been taking some impact, and it's dealing with an injury. And when he hasn't been as accurate or had the strength, what has he had to resort to? Running the ball. Look at what happened in that game on Thanksgiving. And the Patriots have an amazing secondary, allowing the fewest passes to be completed. So that's going to equate to Allen having to get some momentum offensively in the capacity of him running. So I like that the number was at 41 and a half. If it is in the 50s, I wouldn't have played it. But he's gone over this mark in a big chunk of the games. I can't remember the exact amount, but I expect there not to be a lot of open opportunities with his arm. Has to do it with his legs once again, and that he'll probably get into like the 60 rushing yards range. Uh, yards range. Danny, have yourself a weekend, bud. We'll get caught up next week. Thanks for a few minutes. You got it, fellas. Enjoy the weekend.